Okay, it's my great pleasure to have on the line with me from San Francisco, Pia Mancini. She's one of the co-founders of Open Collective. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, this TED Talk of yours, uh, in which you're talking about the new age of democracy, utilising some interesting tools, it has over one million views, I understand. Uh, Could you talk to us a little bit about your your engagement there with with Democracy OS, uh, the Net Party in Argentina, how you came to be engaged within the Open Collective? Yeah, so... um Democracy OS is a it's a project we started in Argentina in 2012, and um, the what we were trying to do was to um, create a novel um, novel ways for citizens to engage with political um, institutions. And basically, the the reason why we were trying to do this was because we felt that. The, the mechanisms that the, our political institutions were proposing us to engage were completely out of sync with the way in we were in which we were um, organizing ourselves um, in societies enabled by the internet. And so, so, in order to try to close that gap between a system that um, was built with tools that are no longer the tools that we use every day. Um, we built a software that was designed for citizens to get informed, debate, and vote, how they want their representatives to vote. And we connected that to um, a novel political party that was, it's, it is the Net Party, but it's a political party whose um, intention and whose um, reason for being is to vote in Congress according to what citizens decide on this online platform. Um, and we tested that, we we campaigned, we piloted in, in with several different um, congresses um, around the world. And, and, and we had a, a lot of success. It was a, um, a, it is a great um, experience. It's ongoing. Um, it's a party that is um, very much alive still and it's going to run for elections again next year. And then from that experience... Um, I think that what I've learned um, and what we learned with 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 my partner with Santiago um, is that what we were trying to do was to and as we said repeatedly at that time is um, to hack the political system and um, what we are focusing on now is um, how we um, we enable a new political system to start forming to start um, being designed. And so part of that has to do with um, thinking how we can lay the foundations for new institutions to be built. Um, And those institutions are social and political. So on the political aspect, um, Santiago is still, he's leading um, Democracy Earth, that it's the sort of the next step that we took from Democracy OS. And I joined um, two other co-founders in Open Collective, um, where we were, where we are trying to power the social organizations um, that are enabled by the internet. Uh, you know, hacking the political system. You know, such a you know grand, uh, bold. Mm. Uh, powerful idea. I think uh, you know in your, your you know in your TED talk you t- spoke a little bit about your naivety and you know hitting up against that, those institutions like of power at that level. Should you talk just a little bit more about that? Um, yeah. So um, 
I mean, what we were confronting was uh, obviously a system that um, we called it a stale democracy. It's a, it's a system that clearly doesn't want to um, open up because power wants to remain in power, right? And, and so we were trying to sort of unlock, um, um, sort of opening the doors to the back room. Pretty much, and um, and obviously that didn't you know go down very well with those in power um, for obvious reasons. Um, so, you know, building our own political party was a response to that. Was our, our way of saying, um, um, okay, we, we are going to have to do it ourselves. Um, and then we learned a lot of the, uh, about that process because building that political party was actually engaging fully with those uh, legacy institutions. Um, You know, we had to, um, and I don't know, like all the the signatures had to be, um, we had to get people to sign these cards three times, and then we have to order them, alphabetical order manually, right? I'm talking about printed pieces of paper, 1,000, 9,000 of them that we had to order alphabetically, um, you know, numerous trips to um, the federal judge um, to defend our right to use the word red network in in our name. Um, we, conf- we were you know, fully confronted with this legacy system. And if anything, it just gave us even more um, incentive to, to to try and, and transform it. And, and, and honestly, at this stage, um, we are sort of moving beyond transforming it. We are just thinking how we can just abstract it, how we can just render it um, as irrelevant as possible, yeah. um, if that's even, you know, possible, which I think that more and more with um, certain technologies that are surfacing nowadays, um, we can, you know, start thinking about and and building those building blocks for completely new institutions. Well, I think, uh, you know, your experience there and experience uh, even of, of mine here in Australia with uh, the WikiLeaks party and I guess other mm. disastrous kind of you know, dalliances with the uh, established electoral system, uh, you know, not just of mine, but of many others, I'm sure, around the world. But, you know, clearly you, you got to a point where this is where the Open Collective is, you know, this has driven you to, to create something like the Open Collective, which is, which is very exciting and and let's talk well, about that a bit. It, 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 I mean, it, it, for us, it was like that. Or for me, at least, it was like a very natural next step, right? We 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 had such a frustrating time um, forming our political party that it just doesn't make sense today in a day and age uh, where we are connected in the way we are mm. that we are forced to create political parties or unions or organizations that are that are um, circumscribed to the to the nation state to one country mm. right um and so that's 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 what we're trying to challenge with open collective the idea that in order to create an organization to get funding to um forward your shared cause you have to do it inside the the, the rules or the sort of framework of um of one country uh, of one nation state of one government and and i think that that doesn't make sense in in my personal at least um experience like i 
I question the notion that I'm represented by my country, by Argentina, in, you know, all sort of international organisms, mm. right? Like, uh, maybe and I would much rather be represented by a group of people from a gazillion different countries that have my similar values and principles and views and vision of the world. Yeah. Um, and I'd much rather them represent me than country. Like, it seems like fortuitous that the only reason why I'm represented is because of the place where, you know, I happen to be born yeah. or, where I, or, or where I'm living at the moment. Like, the, the territorial notion and the territorial basis for creating organizations and groups and, um, and political representation, I think it's, um, you know, needs to be challenged, right? And the Internet has, has done that extremely well for groups. So we can, you know, have groups of people discussing the same issue from all corners of the world. But when it comes to actually forming a sustainable organization, boom, we are back under the same sort of rules um, of the legacy system. But we cannot raise funds um, across, uh, across borders in, 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 in a way that it's lean and simple and it's um, e- easy to do. So the only ones who can do it are sort of multinational corporations, right? And, for example, the, uh, Uber is a very good case of this. Right? So Uber is a super, you know, large um, company that has one algorithm, one interface from all around the world. And yes, they're able to do it, but the drivers, the drivers, the only option that they have is to organize within one territory, right? And they lose a lot of power while doing it. Like, there's no sensible reason why drivers from the U.S., Canada, and India couldn't, you know, come together and form, you know, a um, workers' organization. Yep. Right? To, to negotiate with them. So, so we're in a world where uh, transnational algorithmic companies are, you know, are, are confronted only, or they're not even confronted because the, the only way of doing it in an organized way is in, you know, divided in these territorial units that are nation states. Pia, I'm, I'm also uh, reading into that, uh, you know, that. Uh, we, we can't organise in the in the same way that we have in the past. I guess within unions, within different uh, you know within different classes of workers uh, on that level. So this is to me, it sounds like one thrust of of what you're doing with Open Collective is to try and you know take that uh, organising uh, within unions to a to a much you know broader scale as well. I mean, I guess it's yeah, absolutely, and political parties as well, yeah. right? Like again. In my experience with the net, in our experience with the net party, um, we need to wait until the government or a federal judge or someone decided that we, yes, we are okay, you are a party, to start sort of really operating as a group, right? And and that, I mean, again, that doesn't make sense anymore. Like, why aren't you know we able to form these organizations without? Um, relying or without having to pay too early um, the overhead that government of government's red tape, right? So yes, when you grow and if you want to run for elections, uh, fine. I understand that we need to comply with the regulations uh, politi- for political parties that each country has. But at the at the beginning, at the early stages, we can't even raise money to do our activities. Yep. We can't, and so we are sort of trapped in these situations where we are forced to 
grow too early too quickly in order to have an organization that's able to advance our agenda instead of being able to do it from the beginning. So that's uh, the perfect moment to talk specifically about the Open Collective system. Tell us about it. Okay, so so um, um, so that, that 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 is the problem that we're trying to tackle. It's very hard for groups to have access to um, funding to forward their mission or their their shared costs without having to fall in, in, into um, opening bank accounts. And in order to open a bank account, you need to create a legal entity. And that's a very, you know, it's, it's um, costly in most countries. And also it limits the, the, the members that you can have because you have, you have members from, you know, that same, that, that same country. Or if you, if you want to replicate this in different countries, you have to go around creating legal entities in each country, which is an enormous effort. Um, and so that, that's the problem that we are um, tackling here. And it's an immense problem. So the way you can think about Open Collective is um, as, um, a good analogy that we use is the idea of a browser, right? So the browser, um, what it does, it, it, it builds, um, it is a, an interface on top of any operating system, right? So you, anyone has the, that has access to the Internet uses the browser, and it doesn't matter what operating system is behind. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we perceive Open Collective as a browser for government. So basically anyone, um, any group or community or collective from around the world will be able to come together and start raising funds and spend them in a very transparent way um, without um, without worrying about or without having to open um, an entity or having to have a, a bank account. And the way we're solving that problem from for groups around the world that are obviously groups nowadays, are organizations nowadays are are transnational, right? And so the are global, and the solution we need to provide for them to come together and start um, at fundraising in order to be sustainable in time is has to be global as well. And so what we are doing is we're building a network of host organizations, and what these host organizations are doing are hosting. Um, these open collectives in their own legal entities. Um, so basically it's like virtualizing um, instances of their own legal entities and, and bank accounts. Um, another analogy that, that we can use, um, I'm sorry, it might be too geek, <laughs> all of this, but um, if you think about servers, right? Before, if you wanted to have a site online, you had to have the server on your own house, on your own premises, on your own office. And then... Um, eventually, that that sort of was um, moved into the cloud. So now, in order for you to have your site online, you don't need your server in your house anymore. You just rent space on um, someone else's server or another server. But that, that's exactly what we're doing for organizations. Yeah. So before, it just you know, you had to have your legal entity, your 501c3, your association. Um, in order to have a bank account and, and start doing activities, yeah. right? Carrying out activities that forward your mission. Um, we think that the world is going, going increasingly to have um, that virtualized as well, and, and we are interfacing that. We are providing that 
um, access. Uh, I absolutely see how powerful uh, and you know potentially revolutionary a tool that is uh, for you know for groups of all shapes and sizes to particularly I guess ones in the infancy which is obviously the focus of of this perhaps um have you got I guess an example of a group that's uh, that's that's using this yeah, in this way? sure so um so we have several um open collectives that we've onboarded um so one Sort of one clear um, group that is using um, Open Collective is um, open source software. Uh, open source software, it's, you know, it has contributors from all around the world. Their members may not necessarily be working full time for it. The, the, it has sort of no real ownership. Um, or ownership is highly distributed, and they have no way to raise money yep. because they can't transform this open source software into a company or they don't want to do it. There's no reason for them to do it, essentially. But that doesn't mean that they do not want the community to chip in and help them cover their expenses, right? Or eventually, um, some of the core contributors would like to uh, make a living out of doing that open source software. And there's no easy way of doing it. And so they, a couple of them have are now open collectives and there's you know, a community that is constantly chipping in and um, now they have their own monthly budget um, and that allows them to scale their software better. Um, another group, another example is um, large organizations with chapters in different cities. So, for example, Women Who Code. Women Who Code is, um, it's a non-for-profit organization here, headquartered here in San Francisco, but they have 60 chapters around the world um, a lot of them in, in the United States, but also in Mexico, in India, um, now in China. And, um, and those local chapters in those cities, they, they don't necessarily want to open, nor they should have their own association either, because they're like part of this sort of big organization. And if you have to open one entity per city, it's... It's, you're creating a, a mammoth of organization that is extremely expensive and very hard to move, and um, it's not it's not the goal of what they're trying to do, right? So um, essentially, what we're doing is we're turning these local chapters into open collectives. So they are hosted in the the headquarter organization's bank account, and they raise funds and they have their own budget um, without having to go through the pain of again, creating an association in each, in each city. Um, and a very interesting um, case that we are starting to um, work with now, it's a political party in Uruguay. Um, it's sort of a um, sibling of the Net Party. And um, they, um, they are having, um, they're still waiting for the government to approve their party status because they're starting to gather the, sort of the requirements and less requirements, but they they want to start fundraising now because they want to crowdfund their campaigns because they want politics to be crowdfunded, um, and so they want their members to transparently and publicly have um, provide you know dues or membership fees um, to the party in order to operate. And so we are building it in, into an open collective as well for them to just start doing it now and not sit around waiting for someone to give them permission.